to episode 50 of the Borussia Dortmund London Fan Club podcast. Time flies when you're having fun. It's episode 50 already. Wow, it's gone pretty quickly. It's only taken uh, a year and a half to get through 50 episodes and there have been some amazing guests in that time. Um, and I thought that being episode 50, it was about time that we talked about um, London, the home city of the Borussia Dortmund Fan Club London. And for that show, given that I'm a Londoner myself uh, from Fulham, um, I I thought it would be amazing to have not only a current player, but also one of the great English players um, who has won many titles. So let me just say hi to my guests first before introducing them. So firstly, uh, welcome uh, Vinny Samways. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. Thank you very much. And uh, nice to be on the show again. Absolutely, Vinny. We talked about Sevilla last year when Dortmund played out there and uh, it was a really stonking show and really good to hear from you. You've had such a great career. Um, So Vinny Samways has played for um, Everton, Tottenham Hotspurs, Wolves, Birmingham City, uh, as well as a a really strong career over in Spain as well with Sevilla FC. Um, But he's especially well known for his... um, uh, six seasons, if I'm not mistaken, with Las Palmas, which I remember well uh, watching over the years. Uh, him and a guy called Michael Robinson, I think. Was he? he no, Michael Robinson was the commentator, wasn't he? And you were, you were one of the English players that did very well in Spain. Isn't that right, Vinny? Yeah, correct. Michael actually played. He did. Um, before myself, he played for Osasuna, which is up in the north of Spain. That's it. Um, and then he worked for Canal Plus as a commentator, which he, he went on and done very well with. Yeah, he did very well. That's right. I remember he wasn't as big a player as yourself over in Spain. And, and you've also coached in Spain, haven't you? Um, you coached a, a team. Uh, I'm not quite sure what, what league they were, though, but um, you were a coach for a short time. Now you're doing more of the um, talent scouting and, and occasionally also TV punditry as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, so how's that going for you, Vinny? Yeah, yeah. The... The coaching was just a, a short period just to help a, a friend out at the at his club. So it wasn't something I wasn't really um, getting into as in full time. It was more just a, um, to help him the back end of a season. And the other aspects, obviously, doing some um, commentary and punditry, which, is, which I really enjoy. So, yeah, um, looking forward to the new season starting. And then obviously on to uh, the World Cup. And we'll certainly be wanting to mention the fact that you won two FA Cups, with both with Everton and Tottenham Hotspurs, Tottenham being the club of your heart. Um, which So we're going to be talking about that. And um, let's introduce the second guest. Rimmel Daniel um, grew up in the Academy of Gillingham, the Gills, um, uh, League One club, and uh, is, currently, is, is currently active with uh, as a defender with Grey's Athletic. Um, has um, five senior caps so far for Grenada um, at senior level, and he's played from under-17s through to uh, senior level with the, with the Caribbean island of Grenada, uh, including in the CONCAF Cup. And um, if I'm not mistaken, Rimmel, you've also played against the United States. Is that right? Uh, yes. How are you, That's Rimmel? Right. I'm playing very, very well. First time on the show. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So let's get cracking. Yeah, played against the United States. Unfortunately, we lost that game. Yeah. 
Great to have you on the show, Rimmel. And um, you, like myself, are a Borussia Dortmund fan. Um, that's how we know each other. So um, really good. Um, uh, we did a, a TV show together on Pro 7 German TV a couple of weeks ago in Brentford. Um, and uh, yes, good, good to connect again. Um, and I guess at the moment, Rimmel, you're probably preparing for the current season and um, having some uh, warm-up friendly matches and so on and, and a lot of training and so on. And it's quite a hot time of the year to be training as uh, as Vinny uh, and us, uh, we were talking about earlier, right? Yes, very hot time at the moment. Uh, the running, as let's, let's just say there's a lot of sweat. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, um, as an active player, how many, uh, you know, you, you how, mu- how many kilos do you put on, let's say, in the month that you take off between the end of the season and training? And how fast does that kind of weight come off then when you start training again? Well... As soon as this season finishes, I tend to like stay fit throughout the off season. Okay. I may go on holiday for a couple of days or so, but I have um, a gym gym equipment in my house. I have a treadmill. I have the field right next to me where I live. So I tend to just stay fit where I have the time. So I don't want to go back to pre-season, putting on weight, um, getting coming last in the running and stuff like that. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. I can. I can, I can empathise with that. Certainly, putting on weight is <laughs> not good, is it? It's not. Yeah, good. It's, not. it's something everybody. Uh, it's something everybody dreads. Um, so, coming to the show, um, basically, it's fantastic to have three Londoners. I'm just going to count myself in there. Um, I was born in near Paddington, and that doesn't quite qualify me as a Cockney, I think, but it's. Uh, Certainly, I've worked and lived in London half of my life, and uh, I love uh, I love the area of Fulham and Chelsea, where I spent a lot of my childhood and my uh, my uh, my adult years working and working in the city of London, and um, going and watching clubs like um, Fulham FC and also Arsenal as well, and um, yeah, and and uh, and and essentially, um, yeah, I mean. Uh, you know, it's a beautiful part of, the, of London to live. West London, there's a lot of football clubs there, which we're going to talk about today. Um, Vinny, you definitely are a Cockney, and I rate that very, very highly because I love Cockneys. Um, what does it mean to be a Cockney, Vinny? Um, I know it's to do with the Bow Bells, and you were born in Bethnal Green, so you should have been able to hear those Bow Bells, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. Well, I was actually born in Poplar, so um, as the saying goes, uh, a Cockney, you have to be in the sound of the Bow Bells, which um, for sure I was I was in the sounds of the Bow Bells. So, um, yeah, um, very proud of where I was brought up. My best experience of, of being a Cockney, if you like, or being with Cockneys was not just working in the city of London, where you get this strange mixture of people from kind of private schools working alongside real, real, authentic Londoners. And that has an incredible kind of cultural diversity in itself, um, but also working in the civil service as well. Uh, I was a civil servant for several years in Westminster, and uh, uh, basically a lot of the diplomats and government officers and so on were, let's say, you know, those kind of privately educated. But then all the backroom staff and everyone supporting was all kind of you know, real kind of Londoners, real Cockneys, and my experience of them was essentially if they loved you, they loved you and they'd do anything for you. And if they didn't like you, not good news. <laughs> would you say that's about right, Vinny? Um, I would say that's probably about right in, in most 
uh, walks of life and cultures in terms of, I think, um, but I think as Londoners, we're very open and very um, accommodating to people as anywhere, you know what I'm saying? But I mean, um, yeah, it's possibly correct that if you liked, you liked. If you're not, maybe you're put on standby. Um, but um, <laughs> don't, don't in, prove <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Possibly. And just um, one more question before I shoot over to Rimmel. Um, Vinny, what does it mean, Cockney rhyming slang, for German fans and people listening to it? Cockney rhyming slang, and is it something which you have a skill in yourself? Well, obviously, I, I know um, some of the Cockney rhyming slang, but um, that probably goes more back to our parents and and um, years and years ago. But I mean, um, I'd suppose if you're if you're walking around there now, there's probably not that many um, actual Cockneys still live there because most people, when they get older, they move further out, further afield. Um, so. Uh, yeah, there's always people I bump into that occasionally would throw in a, a rhyming slang. Um, but I mean, it's just more like cutting words down, really. Um, yeah. And but I mean, like I say, anybody you um, you talk outside of London, they all say that we're all Cockneys and we all talk very strange, which. I find that hard to understand. But, um. <laughs> so an example of that is the dog and bone. Um, so if you could tell listeners what that means. Well, that would be someone saying now we're, we're talking on the dog and bone, which is phone. So, <laughs> Love um, it. so it's just, uh, yeah, it's just little, I'd imagine even up north, they've probably got their, their certain ways they, they say things. So, um, and probably different parts of London may say different things. It's just, just a, a culture, really. Yeah, and and just briefly, Vinny, um, uh, what era were you growing up in in London? Um, and uh, that was nineteen ninety. Uh, just give me nineteen uh, eighties, I would say, or seven, seven, seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would yeah, that would be um, yeah in the eighties. So yeah, um, yeah. No, I had a um, was fortunate to to ever um come from a a normal um working class family but my parents uh worked their socks off for for my myself and my my brother and sister so um yeah I was very fortunate um so yeah very proud of where we come from Nice one, Vinny. Nice one, um, Rimmel. Um, you grew up yes. in you grew up in London. Um, are you uh, are you okay with Cockney rhyming slang yourself? Um, some words, yeah. Some words of that, mainly through football. But, yeah. Um, I was grew up in in Leighton. Yeah, Leighton so, Roads, uh, Leighton Orient. Yeah, I literally, I literally live across the road from the stadium. Nice. So I, I I used to hear back in the days everything, literally everything. Nice. And the and the, the worst time was when Leighton Orient played West Ham in the FA Cup, and the crowd. It was, it was an experience that, uh, it was a different experience, especially at a young age. Yeah. For me. Yeah. 
And um, did it inspire you? Was that one of the things that inspired you to be a footballer, Rimmel? Um, uh, well, my, um, I have footballing family. So my auntie, my auntie played, uh, my uncles played. So ever since I was, God knows, about one years old, they would take me to games. They would train me in the park, all these kind of things. So it's just built in me. Nice. And um, your, your, your family background is from Grenada and the island of Caribbean, right? So yes. um, basically a lovely part of the world um, and um, uh, very famous for cricket, I guess that would be fair to say. Yes, with the West Indies and, and athletics. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but your family is very much a footballing family. And yeah. what does London mean for you, basically? I mean, for me personally, I love London. There's no better place in the world. Um, you know, if you have a nice home in London, then you've got a great life because there's everything going on on your doorstep. And uh, it's, as Vinny said, it's so multicultural. You can find food from every corner of the world. People are tolerant um, and accepting. And um, it has its own culture, London. And it's just like, it's kind of like the oyster of the world in a way, you know, the, London's the pearl. Um, uh, I would say, you know, it's just got all, it's got football clubs, it's got nightclubs, it's got um, galleries, museums, theatres. I mean, uh, I can't remember who said it, but someone said, if you're bored of London, you're bored of life. And I, I think that that's just so true. I mean, for me, I've been to New York and a lot of other places, but I always come home to London, to be honest. Yeah, well, I don't know. London is my home, but um, it kind of depends what area you're from. Because very uh, areas like my Leighton was very, I would say it was very different to how it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the new buildings, um, housing was all different. It was all tower blocks, and it was yeah, it was it was hard living in. East London back in the days, uh, especially with a lot of gangs. So anytime I would go out, my mum would feel like it would be kind of hard for her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She would always think what would happen. Mm-hmm. And especially growing up in the, in the 90s, mm-hmm. the 90s, early 2000s, I, I think. Yeah, that was the hardest, the hardest time. Yeah. Especially, especially in East London. Yeah. But I was, my head was always down in football, so she had nothing to worry about. Yeah, being a big Borussia Dortmund fan, I've spoken to Jaden Sancho a few times over the years. Uh, he grew up in Black Princes, on the Black Princes estate. Um, and, um, uh, I forget what areas, it's Lambeth, basically. And um, he, he also mentioned about um, basically how difficult it was growing up around there in those times, and as you say, in 90s and so on, um, and, um, and how football basically made him you know, very special. Um, and, and that was what his, his focus was in life, his, his sporting achievements and so on. Vinny, um, was it similar for you? Was football your way of expressing yourself as a, as a kid? Well, football was just um, the way of life uh, as um, growing up um, in in the East End. It was something that um, from the minute you was at school and you had break time or lunch time, you, you just wanted to, to play in the playground with your friends. You'd come home and obviously um, after having your dinner, you went out to to whatever time you was allowed to playing football with your friends. So I grew up on a on an estate where um, there was a lot of kids 
in and around my age that just enjoy playing football. And I just think it was just a cultural thing that um, that I'm sure is still going on. Um, but it was just uh, something that was just, I thrived to try and be a footballer from a from a, an early age. That's all I really wanted to do. Um, yeah. yeah. And fortunate enough, I was... I was I was lucky enough um, to to achieve that because I played with some some very good players at a young age that um, just took a different path from from myself um, during their their teenage years. Yeah, yeah I can say the same to be honest. Yeah, Rimmel. So I mean, was it similar for you, basically? Um, as yeah. you just to get out, just stay out of any kind of bother. You just got your head down and played football, basically. Yeah, and I had it from my mum and my auntie and my uncle. I like they would put it into my head and keep me disciplined. So yeah, yeah it was back in the days. We didn't have Astro or 4G outside. We had to play on the concrete or the muddy grass that wasn't kept clean. Mm. <laughs> and now kids are, kids have got the 4G and yeah yeah Jason Sancho has, has built a, a pitch down there in um, in Lambeth uh, he's he, at Lambeth Tigers he's built his own little 4G football ground down there for the for the fans with the support of Nike I went and visited a couple of years ago but for me it was the same guys exactly the same basically in the breaks at school we were just run outside, play football for like 15, 20 minutes, go back in the class and then, you know, joining the football team and then after school, go to the park, play football every day. And, um, you know, it was just, and, and, and watch football and then obviously starting to go and watch games myself in the ground at, you know, when my, when my German stepdad from Dortmund, I was very, very lucky that my German stepdad came from Dortmund, a huge football city. So, yeah, I was able to then go and um, watch Borussia Dortmund in my teenage years. And um, which teams did you guys grow up um, supporting and why was that, um, Vinny? I think you're, you're very much a Spurs fan, as you said. Yeah. Um, well, actually, where, I'm, where I come from, um, I should actually be either a Leighton Orient supporter or a West Ham supporter. Um, but for some reason, and don't ask me why, but my my, my father and all my family were, um, and my mum was all Tottenham supporters. Um, so I don't know actually why they were Tottenham supporters coming from that part of London. But so um, obviously then, so that was the team that I grew up supporting. Um, all my wife's family are, are all um, Tottenham supporters. So um, really it's hard for me to to understand why I'm, I was brought up being a Tottenham supporter coming from, from East London. Yeah, well, it's not a bad it's not a bad team to support, and it's certainly um, very high on the agenda of the show today. Um, and and Rimmel, uh, for you, um, did you go and watch the the O's a bit when you I were was, growing up? Well, my first club I paid for it when I was uh, nine years old um, it was Leighton Orient, and I lived across the road from the stadium, mm. so I had to. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had to. It was either that or it was either West Ham. But in fact. I grew up with being an Arsenal supporter. Arsenal, nice. Yeah. I, I don't I really don't know why, but um Yeah, yeah. 
I, I should be cautious not to praise the Gunners too much because we've got a, 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 a dyed-in-the-wool uh, le- Spurs legend on the show. But certainly Arsenal are a huge club. So let's start with Arsenal. Um, so, yeah, they've had some pretty amazing grounds over the years. I mean, I remember visiting... Um, Highbury myself, I actually went to watch them against the Crazy Gang in the FA Cup. I can't remember what year it was, but it was FA Cup quarterfinals, I think. And uh, it was a beautiful old stadium, absolutely stunning. And we had Tony Woodcock on the show, uh, which, Vinny, you'll remember, I think, no? Yeah, yeah. He's a very good player, Tony. Yeah, played out in Germany as well with Fortuna Köln and FC Cologne. And um, it was actually the first one million Deutschmark um, transfer to Germany. Um, came from Nottingham Forest and he was talking a lot about his uh, four or five years, I think, um, with Arsenal um, in the 1980s and he um, uh, he uh, was lead scorer for four seasons in a row. Um, incredible. I think he has 42 caps for England as well um, and a really great footballer. But um, yeah, um, I've also worked on this show with, um, I've had Mark Brindle, the um, supporters liaison officer of Arsenal on the show as well, talking about um, life, um, life at the Emirates and um yeah, you were saying, uh, Rimmel, let's start with you because you're a big um, Arsenal fan. So for Dortmund fans who don't know uh, the Gunners, as they know, can you talk a bit about um, Arsenal uh, in general and just like a couple of games you've been to or players that you identify with? Um, well, I'm, I'm more Dortmund now, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I remember um, going to Highbury, the atmosphere, because it was so... closed off like the pitch wasn't that far um, was really close to the stands and atmosphere would be amazing and it was quite it was a very small stadium and obviously Highbury is quite a small place and you uh, the walk to the stadium from Arsenal or um, Finsbury Park was just was great yeah yeah and it was it was more like a family club yeah, yeah, yeah. I can identify with that. Um, a lot of the cafes and restaurants there um, around the area and also just that walk from the train station. I love the way the underground says Arsenal and you arrive there and then you walk down there and uh, sort of dodge your way through the ticket touts yeah. trying to sell you <laughs> tickets. I'm sure, I'm sure there's many Arsenal fans that miss yeah. Highbury a lot. Yeah. Or maybe want, obviously they needed an upgrade the stadium, but... Um, yeah. I'm sure they missed that that little family orientated yeah and stadium close to the pitch yeah yeah and everyone loved it because they were winning a lot and talking about some of the legendary um um players um Vinny I'd like to ask you what the experience is like of actually playing at Highbury um as a as a as a Tottenham player, that North London derby is pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah, that's uh, to to be quite honest. Um, when I was obviously playing, the two biggest clubs, obviously in London, obviously were Tottenham and Arsenal, um, and that was our main uh, sort of derby as such. Um, well, it still is. I would imagine you talk to any. Tottenham supporter, you talk to any Arsenal supporter, the first fixture they'll look for coming the new season is when we're playing each other. 
okay the last 15 20 years Chelsea have have done amazingly well since uh, since they they were taken over um, but playing for me playing at Ivory was um, was a fantastic stadium um, and I think like you said it was very compact uh, and always had a good atmosphere but I believe Arsenal did the right thing to move to the next level. Mm. They had to obviously have a bigger stadium and that and generate more income. Exactly what Tottenham have done now, even though White Hart Lane was a fantastic stadium, great atmosphere, for them to generate more income, they needed a bigger stadium. Exactly and, right. And yeah. me, me, me not being biased, I am being biased. I would say <laughs> they have the best stadium in the world now. I don't care unless what anybody says. If you've actually been there, I think people will say, at this present moment in time, there's not a better stadium in the world than what Tottenham have got. Yeah. And I know I'm being a little bit biased, guys. But <laughs> I, have to, I have to get that in. We'll move straight on to Tottenham straight after. But um, Vinny, what was the special game for you uh, at uh, against Arsenal? Basically, either at White Hart Lane or at uh, or at the Highbury. Well, I would say, um, well, I've not had any good experiences of playing at Highbury because we always got beat. So I never had any um, good experiences. But obviously, my main, the one that would always stand out for me was when in 91 when we played Arsenal in the semi-final at Wembley, which was at the time the first time the FA allowed semi-finals to be played at Wembley. And we beat Arsenal in the semi-final, obviously, and then we went on to win the final against Knox Forest. But So if there was a standout game against Arsenal, in my memory, would be the semi-final in 91. Yeah. Did you score? No, come on, I don't score many goals. <laughs> <laughs> and Vinny, um, just talking about um, legendary Arsenal players, Arsenal and England players, for example, um, the Invincibles team, um, they they went through an entire season without getting beaten. I can't remember what year it was, but it was round about... Um, well, let, let's just put it this way. Arsenal have won 14 FA Cups um, and 13 titles. Um, they were founded in, in down in Woolwich uh, in 1886 as the Woolwich Arsenal um, currently play their football at the Emirates Stadium. Um, and they had an unbeaten season in 2000 under Arsene Wenger, um, which was phenomenal. I remember going up there, even not, not especially an Arsenal fan, but I remember going up and just seeing the parade and so on. And just Arsene Wenger is obviously one of the um, legendary coaches, um, but just throwing in a few names, people like um, Seaman, uh, Thierry Henry, Dennis Bergkamp and so on. Um, do you have any anecdotes, um, special anecdotes, um, Vinny, of, uh, of Arsenal players, players that you've met over the years or that were real characters in your opinion? Well, I think if, if you went back, obviously, before that team, because that team you just mentioned was phenomenal. For any team at any level to go unbeaten in a season is, is quite incredible. Um, so that team was amazing. But I think if you go back a few years before that and you speak to any um, hardcore Arsenal supporters, then they would say about the likes of Tony Adams, then when you had the Paul Mersons, um, you had the Charlie Nicholases. So um, they've had exceptional teams uh, over the years. Um, 
and especially um, before Arsene Wenger came in under the George Graham um, regime, maybe not the kind of football that um, Arsene Wenger would play because I think he was exceptional the way he set his teams out. I think George Graham's team was more disciplined, more hard to beat, but obviously um, they won things. So but then Arsene Wenger came in and for me took Arsenal to a different level and brought in some exceptional foreign players, like you said, Thierry Henry, Petit, Marco Vermaers, um I mean, the, the list goes, uh, the list goes on and on. Um, Absolutely. So I just think he, he took them from being an exceptional club to one of the best clubs, and at the time <laughs> was the best team in in in, in the UK um, yeah. for, for a few years. Yeah, I mean, one would you you, you wouldn't do well to not uh, mention players like Liam Brady, Pat Jennings, and so on. But as you said later on, um, Freddie Youngberg, uh, Kanu Emmanuel, um, Kan Sol Campbell, Martin Keown, Paul Merson. Um, a particularly classic Arsenal player for me uh, always remains Tony Adams. Um, do either of you have recollections of Tony Adams? I mean, he's a hard drinking man, but he was. Uh, He's not just an Arsenal legend, but also a Portsmouth legend as well, and uh, a, re- a real character as well. Yeah, well, I played. Yeah, I, I played against. Yeah, I played against him many times, and an exceptional centre half. I mean, a proper centre half. You knew, you knew what you were getting from him. Like he reminds me of when I was playing at Tottenham with with uh, we had Gary Mabbott, who was our captain, and. He would be a player, if he played 42 games a year, you was getting 7 out of 10 across the board every game. You was never getting a 5 and you was never going to get a 9. You was getting 7 and he would probably be the first name on on the manager's uh, team sheet week in, week out because you knew these guys week in, week out were giving you a top, a top level performance. Yeah. Um, very aggressive, uh, aggressive centre half. Him and Keown was the ultimate duo at one point. Correct, correct. Rimmel, um players that you grew up um, uh, following at, at the Arsenal, um, basically, um, I mean, players certainly I remember very well are Dave Seaman, uh, Sol Campbell, Ian Wright. Um, uh, what, what players Thierry, Thierry, Thierry Henry Anelka Overmars Pires um, Petit oh they just had a they had, a, they had an amazing team yeah I love the old uh, the red strip with JVC on the front I thought yeah that old school kit I think I still have it somewhere and the crush but, yeah, one as well I feel they should, I felt they should have won more Especially that Champions League. And not to mention also that they've had quite a lot of Dortmund players like Socrates, Mikitarian. Um Yeah, I always thought there was a very there's a link between Dortmund and Arsenal, something like yeah. the, the scout or something was from Dortmund. Or... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, mindful of the time and the fact that the link is running down, let's take a, a, a tiny break and then move to the second Zoom and then we'll go on to talking about... Um, uh, Tottenham Hotspurs, if that's okay. Yeah. Okay, great.
Now time for a short announcement. If you love Borussia Dortmund, why not join us for a live game and have a couple of Dortmund Union beers at the Stamptich meetup of the official Borussia Dortmund fan club in London. We meet on match days at the Fitzroy Wine Cellar on Cleveland Street. For more details, head to our Facebook page or give us a call on 07459-394-121. And now, back to the show. Okay, so lovely section on Arsenal. There's some nice fond memories and uh, different experiences and so on. But the real club of your heart um, uh, is Tottenham Hotspurs, Vinny Samways, and you won the FA Cup with them. So let's just let you do the introduction to Spurs just for German uh, fans. Um, Who are Tottenham Hotspurs and what makes them so special for you? Um, Well, obviously, being a, a Spurs supporter, obviously, I would actually say they are the best club in London, but I'm being biased. But obviously, if you go back to the 60s under Bill Nicholson, um, they had a, an amazing time as a club. Um, and also, um, when uh, Keith Birkinshaw was the manager and he, he brought over two Argentinian players at the time, it was very unusual to bring South Americans to to um, the UK and both turned out to be absolute amazing signings for, for Tottenham, which was, was Valdo Ardiles and Ricardo Villa. Um, I was fortunate enough to come through the youth ranks and, and watch and train with some amazing players, i.e. Glenn Odell, like I said, Osvaldo Ardiles, Clive Allen, and the list was endless. So for me, um, Obviously, I'm being biased, but for me, they would be the number one club in London. Yeah. So Spurs were founded in 1882, um, and um, they now play at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, but for many, many years, they played at the old uh, White Hart Lane, which I visited several times with Borussia Dortmund uh, as a fan, and also went to see them play against Aston Villa there as well. Um, and just talking about, you know, um, that the, the some of their some of their titles that they've won over the years, um, uh, 1950, 51, uh, 1960, 61, both uh, first division, the, well, what would now be the Premier League, um, you know, titles at a great era in the 1950s. But they also won the FA Cup eight times as well, and um, and uh, and the Europe, UEFA Cup Winners' Cup, which Dortmund won in '66, um, Spurs won it in '63. Um, Vinny, just talking about your own career with with Tottenham, you played again alongside some amazing players, if I'm not mistaken, including Paul Gascoigne and Gary Lineker. Yeah, correct. I played uh, for two seasons with them, with them both, and we had a a real decent side then, um, and obviously. Um, like I said, we won the we won the FA Cup in '91, um, and then um, inside that team there was some some obviously other homegrown players. So yeah, at the time, um, I'm fortunate to and very fortunate to play with with two world class players. Yeah, we'll come to Ozzy Ardiles in a second because I certainly remember him very well. But um, Gaza. Um, I mean, I certainly you know, grew, grew up um, admiring Gaza as a player. He played at Lazio, Newcastle and so on. Um, what was Gaza like as a person? I mean, he seemed like, um, you know, he's a kind of a, a tragic 
character in a way in that he basically just let his private life kind of get the better of him and um but as a footballer he was just the most incredibly talented player am i right well for sure i think if 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 possibly i didn't got injured in in 91 in in the cup final for me i would put him up there as one of the best all round box to box midfield players in the world at that time you've only got to see in the 1990 world cup how he took the world cup by storm um, yeah. and um the guy when you talk about modern day okay possibly now you wouldn't really talk about too many box to box midfield players because people play in different systems i.e. 4-3-3 and um, but I mean if you were talking about an original box to box midfield player who could defend who could tackle and he could score goals then this guy would be up there with any of them I don't care less who you put on the plate the guy would be up there with any of them he had everything um, an exceptional player and an exceptional person. Yeah. What um, talk about the the FA Cup final that you won? Basically, um, what, what what was the experience like of lifting the FA Cup? I mean, obviously, you know, Rimmel, me, and other, a lot of other people would love to have had that experience. Well, I, I think as we would all, I'd agree. I'd, I think maybe the FA Cup now, from a a perspective in terms of, I remember when I was a kid. FA Cup final day, I would not move from the house because you used to have the cameras inside the hotel, on the team bus and everything. So growing up watching something like that and to, to be fortunate enough to play in a final was like a, was like a dream come true and playing for the team that you grew up just uh, supporting. Um, but um, maybe is the FA Cup taken as seriously now um, as back then, I'm not too sure. I understand teams that are playing in all these competitions, so I, I respect that. But what I'm saying is from a, a fan's perspective and someone who grew up just watching football, the FA Cup final day for me, regardless who played in it, I was sitting there from nine, ten o'clock in the morning watching all the build-up until until. Uh, the kickoff. So for me, the FA Cup final day was was super special. Yeah, yeah and I'm sure it's a, it's a medal that you keep somewhere safely. 1991. Um, let's let, let's not forget you were playing against um, top uh, Nottingham Forest with guys like um, Des Walker, Roy Keane, um, and also. Um, uh, the, the, the wonderful, in my opinion at least, uh, the wonderful Stuart Pearce, uh, who really was a guy who gave 125% for England. Um, and, and on the bench, no less, was uh, Brian Clough, uh, the, the absolute legend that is Brian Clough. And for, for, for Tottenham, you had um, Terry Venables on, on, on the bench. Um, uh, what, what was what was uh, Stuart Pearce like as, as, a, as, a, as a player to come up against, um, Vinny? No, he's, a, he's an exceptional player. And you just, you just, uh, you just mentioned it that the guy that wore his art on his sleeve, um, he gave everything, not just for his club, for his country, and um, for me, one of the best left backs um, that I've ever played against. And you would love to play in his team because just 
you can see by the way he motivates people. He doesn't even have to say anything, just see his actions. And you're going to be motivated just by watching the guy. Um, so, um, yeah, um, I don't really know Stuart personally, but from what obviously I see of him as a character, exceptional. Yeah, and of course, uh, not just that, but also a Londoner as well, coming from Shepherd's Bush, the west side of London. Um, just briefly, Vinny, what are the Tottenham Hotspurs fans like as a community? Are they very loyal? to? The, I mean, do you get a great sense of when you're a club legend? Is the club, do you have a lot of contact with Spurs nowadays? Um, well, I'm still in, in contact with, with the club. Um, I hadn't been back for, um, for a long time and they invited myself and my son um, to the last game of the season at the old White Hart Lane against Man United, which was a, a lovely gesture from them. Um, and they, they, uh, we flew over from, from Spain there. Um, so obviously, um, and as, as supporters, yeah, they've got, they've got great supporters, but like any club, if the team's not doing well, they're going to let you know. Um, so they're no different from, from any other supporter uh, or supporters that, um, yeah, they're with a team, but if things are going wrong, you're going to know about it. So, Absolutely uh, right. Yeah, and Dortmund fans are no less vociferous. Um, wouldn't you agree, Rimmel? Yeah, exactly. Rimmel, um, you, you mentioned West Ham United, so I'll let you lead on the Hammers. And um, personally, I've always... Um, I've always had some admiration for, for West Ham United simply because I know, you know, people like Chris, Chris Ludlow um, and other fans of the Hammers. Um, but I was, all, I was at the old Anne Boleyn ground and, um, yeah. uh, and, and now they've moved to the, old London, the new London Olympic Stadium, which I visited as well during the 2012 Olympics. Um, the club that was founded as Thames Ironworks in 1895 um, and then changed their name to West Ham United um, um, in 1900 uh, and have been pretty much um, in the top three divisions since 1919. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, what can you say really for people who don't know the Hammers very well? I mean... Um, massive yeah. club. Yeah. It's a massive club in the East. It's like proper proper East End club, mm -hmm. you would say. Um especially located in the old bowling ground. I have managed to play there. I'm lucky enough to play at the bowling ground. Nice. And I was at Orient. But it was a bit, I want to say, a bit like Arsenal in terms of the atmosphere where you had a small stadium, everyone was close. The fans were the most passionate fans I've ever seen. And obviously you got the, the song Blowing your bubbles. It was. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing club. Yeah, I have nothing bad to say, or nothing wrong to say about West Ham. Yeah, it's, it's experienced some a lot of ups and downs in the last um, decade or so, but now I see West Ham. I see West Ham as a really massive club, and it's up there. It's challenging for um, the top six. And they had a they had an incredible run last season in the Europa League, and yeah. it just it was unfortunate not to make the final. But I, I really hoped, I really wanted them to win. Yeah, 
and I think they were quite unlucky as well. Um, Vinny, um, we, we couldn't really talk about West Ham without mentioning guys like who you will have, um, you know, you will certainly, uh, like like any of us, admire very much, like Jeff Hurst, Trevor Brooking, Bobby Moore, um, Billy Bonds, um, going back back uh, many years, back to the 1960s and so on. But also, I mean, um, some great, great players in, in, in more recent eras as well. And um, what, what, what does West Ham mean to you? And what was it like as, a, as an East Londoner um, basically playing at Upton Park or at, at Berlin? Yeah, well, I totally agree that um, the club has come on leaps and bounds over the last, last few years. And, and they are now a genuine, like I said, top six, top eight contender year in, year out. Um, so all credit to to the club, great supporters, um, super loyal supporters. Um, and again, like I said, I've had some amazing players come through. Like you said, when you you look at, like you've just mentioned Jeffers, Bobby Moore, uh, Trevor Brooking, the list is endless of, of players that have worn the famous the famous jersey and and obviously being an East End lad that really should be my my club um, and I've got nothing but respect for the club um, and and I'm sure the best thing they ever done was moving to the Olympic Stadium because you see every other week they fill the stadium out and it's now giving them a chance to attract high end players that are only going to improve the club and improve the team and everything. So all credit to, to everybody at West Ham. They've, they've, um, they've made themselves into um, one of the big, the big contenders now, that's for sure. Do you have a, do you have a memory of playing uh, against West Ham United, Vinny? A special memory? No, I just think, like you said, the, the old um, bowling ground was a super atmosphere. Like you said, if you took a throw in, the supporter could actually touch you on the on the shoulder. That's how, how close they were to the pitch, and you knew about it. Um, so you knew you was going into a very um, a very difficult atmosphere because they are super loyal supporters. Um, and for for me, it was always a difficult place to go to and get results because at home they've always been a very strong strong team at home because you've got like a, the extra man as they say the 12th man in terms of the old um, the old supporter so yeah not, nothing but uh, positive things to say about West Ham Joe Cole um, Rio Ferdinand are there any names that stick out for you Rimmel? I was always a massive fan of Joe Cole I just loved his the way his style of play, the but he's both footed and he will score some wonder goals. But obviously no with Lampard, no one. With Lampard's career and his records, there's no one could compete with Lampard in that respect. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely one of the great legends. Yeah. And, uh, and quite feared fans, wouldn't they be right to say, uh, Vinny, that back in the day, the Millwall, uh, sorry, the uh, the old uh, squabbles between Millwall and West Ham United are kind of legendary uh, between the fans. I mean, legendary in a bad way. Well, that's what obviously we all read about. So, um, yeah, uh, but I think like now, fortunately, Things now are totally different, and um, 
you don't seem to hear about those kind of things. But I think the rivalry between them two was well documented. Um, and probably up until today, they probably are still the same because when it's in you, it's in you. If, yeah. you're, if you don't mm-hmm. like a team, you don't like a team. It's um, very hard to to get out of that. But I think that would, I'm sure if you said to most West Ham fans, who would they hate the most, Tottenham or, or Millwall, I think the majority of them would sway towards Millwall. Yeah. So just to talk about the titles, they won the 65 European Cup Winners' Cup and they've also won the FA Cup, but they've never actually won the title in England. Uh, they won the FA Cup three times. So that leads us smoothly on to Millwall, both of you being East Londoners. What can we say about Millwall? I have to say I've been to Millwall quite a few times uh, and uh, one of our members, Terry, is a massive uh, Millwall fan. Um, and, um, yeah, last time I went, I was really, really pleas- uh, privileged. I managed to end up in the director's box. I met the owner of the club, uh, whose name escapes me right now, but it will come back to me. And um, Millwall, a lot of people don't realise this, but they actually, well, they're in League One, they play at the New Den, and they played in the UEFA Cup uh, for, for, for one season. Can anybody remind me what season that was? Uh, I have no idea. Yeah, it was season 2005, uh, and they went out in the first round against Ferenc Farosh of Hungary, uh, the famous... So when they won, when they had the FA Cup. That's right, they got to the FA Cup final. Yeah. Um, Vinny, what does Millwall mean to you, apart from um, apart from a lot of squabbles between them and the West Ham fans? I mean, growing up uh, in the East End, what, what, um, what are Millwall, basically? How can, how can German listeners or, or fans of Borussia Dortmund imagine Millwall? It's a hard one. Um, <laughs> it's a difficult one, to be <laughs> quite honest. Um, I think if you, if you was not living in London, with total respect to... To Millwall, they wouldn't be one of the clubs that would probably spring to mind. But I mean, actually living in in and around London, everybody knows of or have heard of Millwall. Um, and it was the old den was a very very intimidating place to go and play to play at. Um, it's, I think it was called in, in if I'm not wrong, Cold Coldblown Lane or something. Something like that, I think, is... Uh, yeah, um, and, um, yeah, Millwall, again, another very well-represented um, club. Fans, super, super loyal. Um, and, again, to the army of, of London clubs, which, um, like you said, London being London, how many uh, real top-class clubs there is. It's, it's, it's endless. It's amazing. Absolutely right. That's that's very, very true. Um, and we're going to try and cover um, the ones that we can on the show. And Teddy Sheringham is, of course, a legend of Millwall. I was trying to remember about Dennis Wise, whether he actually played for West Ham or, uh, or, or Millwall, but... Um, We'll leave, we'll leave that one and bounce on. So bouncing onwards, um, we've covered Arsenal, we've covered Spurs, we've done the, the mighty Millwall. And um, so let's go on to um, uh, Chelsea, Chelsea Football Club. What are your memories of, uh, of Chelsea, uh, Vinny? How, what can we say about the boys from Stamford Bridge, the boys in blue? My auntie Lorna, um, who died a few years ago, she was a season ticket holder with her three boys. 
And I've been to uh, Stamford Bridge a ton of times. Um, Chelsea founded in 1905. Comically, their uh, their um, nickname is the Pensioners, Chelsea Pensioners. Um, and um, yeah, they're the only London club to win the Champions League. Um, Vinny, what's your what what are your feelings about uh, Chelsea boys in blue? Um, well, obviously, if we go back to when when I was playing. Um, like I said before, the main rivalry was, was, was Tottenham and Arsenal, and we, we would have said um, they were head and shoulders, the two biggest clubs in London. Now, since whatever it was, 20-odd years ago, when Mr. Abramovich bought Chelsea, and it's just they just springboarded after four, five, six years onto a different level. Um, obviously renovated little by little Stamford Bridge now into uh, a very nice stadium. The trophies they've won speaks for themselves. Um, so, so now they probably say to themselves, and probably rightly so at this present moment in time, the number one London club. Yeah, certainly in terms of achievements, and um, but I think Arsenal just is just slightly pips them to it in terms of overall accomplishments, but on the basis of their FA Cup wins. But um, uh, Vinny, what's what player uh, of Chelsea's history do you admire the most? Would you say? Um, like you, you've mentioned, they've had so many good players, but um, Zola would stand out. Um, uh, Ruud Hullet. Um, for me, is possibly one of the most accomplished attacking midfield players ever. So I think they've been fortunate enough to have some super, super players. Um, so them two, for me, would be the ones that would stand out, Zola and, and Ruud Hullet. Yeah. Now, nowadays, it'll be Kante. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, some some wonderful football players. And of course, they also had a period in the second division as well. Um, so, um, um, but um, and um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, it's just one of those classic names in London, really. Moving on, uh, because we've got quite a bit of ground to cover. Uh, let's go on to Crystal Palace. Um, have either of you played at Crystal Palace? Um, founded in 1905, played their football at Selhurst Park. Um, they have quite a big ultra um, uh, section of the fans who are incredibly loyal, uh, make a lot of noise. I've actually never been to a game at Selhurst Park myself, but um, they had a, uh, they've had a, a few ties with Borussia Dortmund, which I can come to. So um, anybody have experiences or thoughts on Crystal Palace? I don't have a recollection of Crystal Palace, to be honest. Yeah, Vinny, have yeah. you played at Selhurst Park? Yeah, I've played there a few times. Um, and in my last year or two in the UK, um, we actually played there um, on more than one occasion, albeit because of, um, uh, who was it? It would have been um, Wimbledon were sharing the ground at the time with... Um, with Crystal Palace, so obviously we played Crystal Palace as an own game in their stadium, and then Wimbledon were using it as as their own ground. I think after uh, they left Plough Lane, um, so yeah, another 
another stadium um, or another club uh, very very well run on the resources that they're fighting against. Um, and I think um, they've established themselves really as a, um, a recognised Premier League club. Yeah. And, and long may it continue because the more the more Premier the more London Premier League clubs there, the better for for everybody. A player you might remember, a former Palace player that I admired a lot was Kenny Sampson. Yeah, no, he, he was a fantastic left back, Kenny. I think um, you've only got to see the amount of England caps that he won to rec- to realise how good he was. Um, but then, if you go back to the to the nineties when they had the team of they had a, um, and I think at that time Steve Copper was manager. I think they they got to the FA Cup final, and did they, I think they played Man United, um, and I think they may have got beat in a replay if I'm if I'm correct. So um, yeah, had an exceptional team there, and when they had that team, I mean, you you wouldn't have enjoyed going to to Sellers Park playing against them because they were. I mean, in your face, they were proper, proper team. I mean, worked their socks off for each other. Um, and that's, like I said, just look at Ian Wright's goal-scoring numbers, not just at Palace, but the Arsenal, obviously, were exceptional. Yeah, Wrighty's absolutely unbelievable. And um, Michi Batshuayi was, of course, the player I wanted to spoke about who played at Dortmund, who did pretty well in season 2021. Um, but yeah, Palace is definitely on my to-do list. Um, the crazy gang we mentioned earlier, Wimbledon, nowadays called AFC Wimbledon, um, but previously... Um, a, a club which uh, has, has a great history, known as the Wombles, um, and uh, obviously known for players like um, Vinnie Jones. Um, and they've now managed to uh, basically buy the club back. The club was sold. It was moved to Milton Keynes. They then bought the club. Uh, they managed to re-establish the club, starting at the bottom of the 12th tier. It took them about 15 years. And now the fans have gone on and built their own stadium near Plough Lane, um, what an incredible achievement by the fans. What a tragedy to actually sell the club. The, the reason was that they were simply being moved around. They couldn't find the right ground. They couldn't sort it out. At one point, they even wanted to move the club to Dublin and so on. I remember watching them in the FA Cup. Um, and I've been to see them at King's Meadows as well a couple of years ago uh, against Berry and uh, very loyal fans and really just a huge achievement of being, being Dortmund fans. Everything's about the fans really in a way as football, as Jock Steen said, always should be. Um, do you remember playing uh, against Wimbledon? Um, Rimmel, have you ever had the chance to play against Wimbledon either in their former or current guys? Uh, I played against the MK Dogs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I played, managed to play them, but um, not Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. Although I did, I do remember watching a few players from back in the days, and obviously they've produced uh, a lot, quite a lot of players mm-hmm. like Deli Deli Ali, Luke Chadwick, um, Isel Magliod. So they they have a very good. Um, They've produced a lot of very good players. Obviously, I don't know uh, from players back in the days. But, um, it's a great, it's a great club. Absolutely. It's a great club, very loyal fans, and they needed to. 
it was a shame what happened to them. But I'm sure as time goes on, they will get, hopefully they'll get promoted and back to how they was before. Yeah, absolutely right. Well, I think they're down to League Two now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, just talking briefly about the crazy gang, um, uh, Vinny, uh, John Fashionu, um, Vinny Jones, your namesake, Dave Best and Dennis Wise, Laurie Sanchez, who also went on to be a pretty decent manager, Terry Phelan. Um, do you have any memories of the crazy gang? What was it that made them so special? I think what made them special was their camaraderie, I think. Um, they realised they were, um, especially when they they were playing in the top flight. And if I'm not wrong, under Dave Bassett, mm-hmm. they went they went from non-league to the first division in consecutive years. If I'm if I'm not wrong, or there may have been one year um, where they stayed in that same same division and then went up. So that achievement on his on a, on its own was just amazing. I mean, their camaraderie, because they probably realised they were punching above their weight. But, I mean, they survived in, in that division through pure um, effort, guts, and and togetherness. And it was never, never, never nice playing against them. Simple. They were going to make it very difficult. They had their way of playing, which was very direct, but they were very effective at it. Very effective. Did you come up against uh, old Vinnie Jones there? He was he was supposedly a pretty bit of a dodgy geezer on the pitch. Yeah, of course. I played against him um, quite a few times. And, yeah, he, he was he was just, he was there to win, simple. Um, and whatever had to be done to win, they, they, were, they would try it. Um, so you, you have to take your hat off to them. Um, it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea watching the way they play, but you've got to respect. They, they played to a system that suited them and it, it was very effective for, for what they wanted to do. And they stuck to it. Yeah, totally. That's what, that's what football's all about. A win is a win at the end of the day. Correct. Correct. Absolutely right. And, and, and Rimble, you're still, you're out there and you're playing week in, week out and, um, and uh, having that experience and so on. Um, QPR, uh, Rimble, um, do you have any feelings about QPR? I love the blue and white striped shirt, although it's the Schalke colours. Uh, they play at Loftus Road near the BBC in, in, in um, deepest West London. Um, and um, they're the only club that have moved 16 times. Um, in their in in their uh, 140 years of history, QPR, um, that guy. So, uh, I've played against them a few times during my my time at Gillingham in the league. Yeah, there was a they're a good club. Um, also with the jersey, a blue white jersey. I remember going down to was it Loft? Yeah, Loftus Road. The walk down from the stadium, White City. I walked down to the stadium with all the fans and when I was growing up, one of my close friends, Danny Sh- Danny Shitu, which is a, like a club legend there. Absolutely. Yeah. So I came from like his academy, his football academy. And he would give us tickets to go watch him play. And the, I remember the walk to the stadium was it was amazing. With all the fans and the songs, and it was it was a time where they were high up in the championship. 
I would think. And it was going for a promotion. And it was just great. It was a, it was a crazy experience. Uh, I loved it. Yeah. I mean, there's certainly a cult club. Um, they've never actually won a major title, but there's certainly a cult club, very much part of London landscape. Um, talking about cult clubs, Fulham FC, we definitely need to talk about. I've been to the Craven Cottage a lot. I remember watching them against Southend United in the third tier. It was about 20 years ago with Neville Southall in goal. Do you remember big Neville, um, Vinny? Yeah, I played with, with, with big Neville Everton. And what a goalie he was. <laughs> I mean, he was he was possibly one of the best goalkeepers I've ever ever seen for yeah. a guy that that wasn't sort of six foot four, six foot five, um, and possibly, and we're going back to the days where goalkeepers really didn't have to be good with their feet. It was more like kicking it out of their hands because it was more back to front football then rather than where you see goalkeepers now are like the like the sweeper as such, because everything starts with them, their distribution off the floor and everything. I mean, this guy, his distribution uh, with his feet was was amazing. And not only that, a shot stopper of the highest, the highest degree. He was, I mean, obviously at Everton, he, he is a legend, and, and rightly so, because he was an amazing keeper. Yeah. Yeah, definitely one one could almost do a show on, on entirely. Founded in 1879, they played their football at the Craven Cottage, 19,000 capacity. Um, they were owned by the Harrods owner, the rich uh, Egyptian um, um, uh, Al-Fayed, Mohammed Al-Fayed. Um, and at one point, they actually had a statue for Michael Jackson in front of the ground. And um, um, they uh, they got to the um, Europa League final where they lost. I interviewed Zoltan Gera a couple of weeks ago uh, who played there and uh, they got to the uh, Europa League final, which they lost to Juventus. We won't have time to cover all the rest of the football clubs in London. Thank you so much. It's been a whistle-stop store of, uh, of London football clubs. Um, and uh, it is a great, 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 great London, uh, city, London, for football. Anyone going to London, you guys have been wonderful hosts to introduce it, um, both an active player and a former and a great legend of, of London team, Tottenham Hotspurs. Um, if people want to find you on social media, where can they find you, Rimmel? Find uh, me on Instagram, Rimmel1. Nice. And, and Vinny? No, I'm not a, a social media guy, unfortunately. <laughs> well, they're just going to have to stick to listening to podcasts like this if they want to know what, uh, what Vinny Samways is up to. Thank you both so much. Um, and, um, and enjoy the rest of your day. Really appreciate your time. It's been fantastic. Feel good.